Your mom's okay. recording in progress. Oh, <laughs> got him. Ooh. <laughs> Hey guys, how's everybody doing? You're here to listen to another exciting, wonderful, fantastic episode of the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am one of your wonderful hosts, Daniel, your Amin Khan Mahal. I sing the songs and wave the flags. I have another one of your hosts, the Bajan Mahal Andrew, trying to figure out where the fuck I should actually put this microphone. <laughs> i'm gonna be fucking with it for like probably the next like 10 episodes which is sad that's like 10 weeks you gotta get it so. right you gotta get it right you can't not i'll finally progress. figure it out and then i'll have an idea that'll turn out to make it worse and then it'll take me another three weeks to get it back to the original <laughs> spot that it was in so yeah well it's like my ex-father-in-law used to say the only enemy of good is better hey everybody on that note my name is josh I am the Sorovan Mahal. I call the lightning and drink the coffee. That's the coffee? what I do. I drink and I know things. That That's is... what I do. I drink and I oh. ignite things. There we go. I like that. I like it. I drink and Are, I... Do you ignite things. things that are supposed to be ignited or is it just like we you don't... stumble and you sneeze and then bam, the hey, house caught on fire? I we don't not ask just... about things like that, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. You know better. I am a non-discriminating igniter, so I will just light it up, baby. I'll just light it up. Light it up. Here at the Black Tower Podcast, we are equal opportunity igniters. Indeed. Light your ass on fire. We don't care where you're from. We don't discriminate based on race, gender, or creed. It's in the safety agreement. However, it is also in the NDA that you cannot disclose the safety agreement. So... Indeed. You're kind of boned on that one. Speaking of lighting things up, you know who's doing a great job of lighting things up over at uh, thegreatblight.com? That would be Nabless doing a spoiler-free wiki, which is fucking brilliant. So uh, if you are still in the middle of the series, this episode, we will definitely, spoiler warning in just a little bit, it will definitely have spoilers for the whole series. But if you are not finished with the series yet, never fear. Uh, you can go over and look up characters and things and events and things over on thegreatblight.com. Um, and they have it broken up by book so that you will not go ahead and see anything that you should not see before you actually make it to those events in the book, which is awesome. Uh, it also has a great list of content creators, whether they be artists, podcasters, YouTubers, TikTokers, uh, just basically everything that you would want in the content creator realm. If it's got to do with Wheel of Time, it is there. And if it's not there, and you don't see your content creation over on thegreatblight.com, fix it. Talk to Nables. Uh, go ahead and submit on the site. 
uh, and get yourself up on their list of content creators because you belong there if you are making Wheel of Time content. Once you've finished going and checking who else is over on thegreatblight.com, come and grab all of our information over on blacktowerpod.com uh, and make sure that you have all of our information, whether that be uh, links, whether that be merch, whether that be uh, information about the last Gathering Madness, looking up information for the next Gathering Madness once we have that, all of that different stuff. We also do a few different photo montages from different other conventions and things like that. So go over, take a look, uh, check out our most recent episodes. If you're already on this one, you probably know about the others, but if you just found us, that'll go ahead and give you the last four that we've done uh, as well. So take a look at everything that is on the website it is your one stop black tower shop speaking of uh people that also enjoy things that we enjoy and have done uh quick shout out to the youtube channel what up as i'm sure you all remember and know the channel fondly uh john uh with his uh gall gall win tattoo huh. um <laughs> I still i still I, I can't remember what bet he lost against that um go and check out john because not only uh did he about a week ago from the date of recording this uh do an interview with uh the fantastically lovely london river uh, but he's also one of the lucky few that got uh, that got a copy of origins of the wheel of time uh and he put up a spoiler free review of origins of the wheel of time uh literally within the last 24 hours so Excellent. Go and check eyeballs. that out. In my eyeballs. Um, and I can't wait because I, in between getting other stuff from Amazon today, uh, it is nice to see that it says arriving November 8th. So Nice. As there should be no reason that it doesn't arrive November 8th, you know, the first day that it can arrive, considering that, like many of you, I pre-ordered it months ago. <laughs> yes, indeed. They've had a while to go ahead and figure that out. All right, but you did not hear come here to hear us brag about my Amazon purchases. They came here specifically to right. hear us. That was a sentence that was correct, but it sounded so incorrect <laughs> in my head. You did not come here to hear us talk about the website and other websites. You came to hear us talk about the Wheel of Time, and lots of things therein. So this week, we're going to do a slightly better job of getting through plugs faster and get you <laughs> spoiler warned uh, as quickly as possible so that we can go ahead and get into our topic uh, because we all have a wonderful meeting to get to about a convention that is new uh, as of last, well, as of this year. Yeah, as of this year. But if you're um, listening to it next year, last year. Next year. Yes. If you're, if listening, you're listening to it, it in four 2023 years from now, it was... or later, it started in 2022, which we all know was a crazy year. So there you go. Hopefully 15. the world is a better place now in 2050. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Wait a minute. Everybody... Are we going to be like the Bill and Ted of the podcasting world? Like in 2050, like the Black Tower podcast united all of the universe in harmony. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we just haven't 
We just haven't recorded that episode yet, Josh. We will. But we just Whoa. haven't recorded that episode yet. I think we need to do like a Bill and Ted and Rufus like cosplay riff for that one could of be, these conventions. That could be really fun. I guess I should finally watch Bill and Ted. Have you never seen the first one? Or have you never seen uh, any? Yeah. Oh, God. They're so good. You'll enjoy them. You will. I, I am pretty sure that half of the reason I know the references is because of you, Josh. Pretty sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Yep. So pat yourself on the, the back for that one. So thank you. I'm glad you did. Feels good. Feels All right. Good. Is that a so waffle Andrew? shirt? Yes, is it is. I've asked you that question before in the past. Oh, there's like super comfy shirts. They're like a uh, thermal oh, wear. Ah, and wear like underneath your that you're technically not allowed to use because they stick out of your uniform, but you can use it if you're wearing gloves. So, <laughs> military Indeed. Regulations 101 is a different episode. And yes. <laughs> military <laughs> Regulations 101 is also something that neither of you have to worry about anymore. <laughs> this is very sort true, of. but you know something we do have to worry about, something Daniel alluded to earlier, and that is spoiling all of our listeners. So let's roll that spoiler condom on fresh from the dispensers at your local gas station bathroom. Here is this episode's spoiler condom. Welcome to the Black Tower, a Wheel of Time podcast. All right, let's check this one. Hmm. This podcast will likely be spoiling books one through. Oh, what's this? An envelope addressed to me. No name, though. Let's see what's inside. Oh, my. This podcast will likely spoil all the books in the series. And apparently being a Patreon will expose you to information that should be left unseen. Protect yourself by pulling that spoiler condom all the way on. And I need a drink. That's way more of Andrew than I have ever wanted to see. Why would you braid it down there? Because I can. Yep. And I'm prepared well, for the long winter, Morshadi. The Andrew's long winter. Is just another beard? Oh god, now I have a, another TikTok that I need to do. I need to actually have like go find a gas station bathroom that has a condom dispenser and just relabel <laughs> them all as our Look, it's more warnings. shoddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a spoiler warning. To- Manscaping. You know, this is I I refuse to manscape in protest until uh we get sponsored by Manscape. There you um, go, Manscape. It's not a noble reason, like, hey, they did something wrong, or like, hey, we actually deserve it. It's, I don't want to pay for the fantastic lawnmower 4.0. No, I, I have to admit, I already bought the lawnmower 4.0. So, Manscaped, well, don't give if a review you just until they go ahead pay and, for it. Yeah, I, I won't, <laughs> I won't say how good it is and that if my, it, uh, my, my down there is as smooth as Mr. Clean's head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that Not is a shining fucking endorsement. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I, I will make a deal with you, Manscape. Uh, listen, I I know you're I know you're listening, Manscape. You always do. I will <laughs> buy the rest of the package if you'll just send me the lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Yeah, you get That's the money. Generous of you, Andrew. I get smooth bolts. It's good deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right but i got nothing to add to that that's gonna add any value to the conversation <laughs> Can we go. ever really add anything to many conversations <laughs> rarely all right guys but we are having a conversation tonight uh and that is a conversation about 
promises, a conversation about oaths, a conversation about problems with oaths. Uh, we're going to be talking about the oath rod effectively, and we are going to be talking about new, new promises in the fourth age. Uh, so all of us are going to basically be coming up with what we think might be better versions of the three oaths, uh, new oaths that we feel like need to be made into the next age, um, and possibly oaths that the Ashaman will want to agree to to help gain legitimacy in the world in a similar fashion to the way that the three oaths originated with the Aes Sedai basically getting themselves legitimacy throughout the world by making promises. Um, now, I think that it would be a lot of fun to sort of each of us come up with a, either a new oath or change an oath and then for us to figure out what ways you could get around that already. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna sort of do this like philosophical uh, idea exchange of things that'll be important and things that uh, that will be added, and then the others are basically gonna try to tear it apart in some ways. Not actually, because all of them are gonna be good. It's just you know they're all. All of them are going to be well, flawed because you're not going to have oaths that are like 75 pages of legalese. I, I mean, they have and, to be short enough to actually matter. Critter, <laughs> but, Critter, and, produce and, the document. Let's go. The 75 page <laughs> there new oaths on the oath. Um, well, and you know, the, Daniel brings up an interesting and very uh, sign here, valid point because. Look how many, I mean, let's take the, the, the U.S. tax code, for instance. The U.S. tax code is literally volumes upon volumes upon volumes. Yep. And there are plenty of ways for someone to say, ah, it applies to this, not to this. It applies to this, not to this. When you start adding more words, what you're doing is you're creating more opportunities to... I won't say circumvent because the Aes Sedai did not circumvent the three oaths. They followed the three oaths to the letter. I mean, there's even the scene in which Matt is under attack and he's got three Aes Sedai with them and they're like, and he's like, um, are you going to help? And they're like, why? We're not, we're not in any danger. <laughs> right. And then they're like, like, you know, as the battle proceeds, she goes, Yes, now I believe our lives are in danger. And then wades out into the battle and unleashes, you know, an unholy torrent of fire and blood-rending destruction, which was pretty awesome, by the way. And that's that's the same thing a lot of people do with, like, uh, for example, the, the U.S. law uh, legal system, as any common law or just about any legal system, I would imagine, of a definitely mm -hmm. common law is there is a distinct legal difference and there are lawyers who have made their entire probably millions of dollars career off of arguing the letter of the law yes. and not the intent of the law because do the acid i yes. follow the letter of the three o's absolutely do they follow the intent of the three o's i'm gonna give it a 50 50 
Because I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say that when they made those, they meant like we need an avenue to still be sneaky motherfuckers, but we need <laughs> and just like any other avenue that allows people to be sneaky, uh, you have the people that use it correctly and to good effect for good reason. Yes, uh, like I believe Moraine does a lot of that. And then you have the other people that just religiously abuse it, but also still <laughs> yeah. do it for good effect. Like Baron religiously abuses the shit out of it. For, well, no, never mind. Retract it. She doesn't. Yeah, she's not yeah. bound by them. So it's, she makes it appear. Spoilers already. She yeah. does. She make makes it, it appear. Yes. Yeah. She makes it appear like she's doing that. Which, see, I was even so convinced I forgot that she actually wasn't bound by the oaths for a second. There, right. See? Good job, Baron. Well. And one thing that I want to throw out there is is before we actually get into sort of like the new stuff and whatnot, let's let's talk for just a minute about one of the most interesting things that I think about the three oaths. Because again, the three oaths are binding to you as a person. They are magically inlaid on your being. But they're also utterly personal. Because you can't not speak a word that isn't, or you can't only speak words that are true objectively. They are not actually bound to the objective truth, for example. They are bound by your belief in something being true. And again, it's that scene that Josh just brought up. It's not about it's not like you can feel in the middle of a battle that the oath let you go because somewhere out in the middle of the battle, unbeknownst to you, there's a sister who's in danger. You actually have to believe on a personal level that you or another sister is in mortal danger before you can use the power. And so all of these are so bound not only by the words that were said in the oath, but also your personal and only your belief in their actually truth to them, which actually, you know, I I think that we might very well get another episode in this. Um, but I, I want to bring up something that Josh actually brought up before we started talking about this, which was actually a little bit of a question of gentling men. The Aes Sedai effectively know that every man that they have gentled has died. And that gentling them was, in effect, the cause of them giving up on life and dying. Presumably, that would go against the oath of killing. But it doesn't. So, you know, now we have these these questions of where does that line get drawn? You can't kill someone unless you're in mortal danger but it has to be immediate. It, it it doesn't matter if it's three months down the road. Uh, you know, it, you can go ahead and speak something that's untrue 
if you believe it hard enough like again there's there's i i don't want to get like super political here and i'm not going to but like there are a lot of people out there who believe the earth is flat or that the election was rigged or that QAnon conspiracies are true i'm not actually trying to say that any of those aren't accurate that's for you to decide that's kind of what i'm saying here but again it's now a question of if i ask you whether the earth is round and you don't believe it is and you've taken the first oath you can't tell me that the earth is round you believe it's flat it's one of the craziest things about the oaths to me that i think is so fascinating and that they start hitting on as soon as the black aja in the tower is discovered and yeah so so this is one of the things that is important in this discussion is the idea of you believing something is actually more important than it being objectively true anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna let these guys talk for a little while because i definitely just <laughs> well i was trying to find it because uh, I believe we get an example in the books and I, and I couldn't find it. Um, we get an example in the books where an Aes Sedai does tell she does utter words that are untrue. She does tell a lie. However, she does not know it is a lie. Yes. So that's, it was an, another one of the examples where we see that again, it is like Daniel said, it is entirely personal. It is inherently uh, personal to uh to the way the oaths work. Well, and I, I love the scene. Morshani, if you can find it, I'll love you forever. I already do, right. but do it anyway. I do really love the scene in the tower where, again, I get that to the audience, it's a little iffy whether it is objective or not. It definitely seems to be that Swan made something up that was very plausible and then convinced Loghain to tell everybody that it was the truth. But there is a sister um, who goes back to the tower from yes. Saladar after hearing this thing that Logan has told everyone um, that may or may not be true. And we as the audience have a strong inclination that it's not, that it was actually made up. And she can't tell the other sister. She starts suffocating. Because she yes. cannot tell the sisters that something that they want to be a lie and we think might be a lie is a lie because she thinks it's true. And so yes. again, it's it's so interesting. I love that shit. It's it's and one of the things I think I I, I love most about that. You know, you, you, we talk about the O's. And I think the show, the TV show, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it kudos um, because they did an amazing job of giving us a five minute summation of how the oaths work, right? Um, Moraine, you know, says, "Oh yes, I can't uh, can't break these oaths," and Egwene is like, "Oh man, that's crazy." And then later on, Egwene's like, "You just did. You lied to him." You said you had a sister in Whitebridge, and she was like, Yes, all I said I are my sisters. Yep. Well, then you said, and she said, Yep, I did say that because it's true. Mm -hmm. Well, then you said, and she goes, Yeah, I did say that. Listen closely. And then she even quotes the book and says, For the truth you hear is not the truth 
you think you hear or whatever yeah. the says so was the truth that, that I tell and, and I said I tell yeah, 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 that isn't one. necessarily the truth that you hear. So and if you do when, have when, like you know hallucinations, the truth and I it shows you is not always the truth. Exactly, <laughs> and and that's and that's where the problem. That says where, the truth I particular side say do be not all true. And that's and that's also where you know stroke. this particular oath becomes problematic. Yes, and we've just and and I and I love that this is actually a very beautiful segue into it because we just discussed the legalese and how the more wordy something is, the easier it is to sort of, you know, where is it? Where's the line? Why is it, how does it work? But this one is a simple one. Speak no word that is not true. Which I is the, which is the one I would actually target. But somebody else might. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, there's there's a lot of these kinds of things. And I said, I love, love, love to have fun with it. And it's great. And it's yep. wonderful. And I love it. So, to your point, Daniel, of finding an oath that is simple and applicable, I gotta say, I think the next oath, unless there was there anything anybody else wanted to cover before we jump into the new oaths? Nope. I think this is no. a great time to do that. I was, I was just claiming that uh, mine was going to be a rewrite of the first oath. So. Great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hit yours first then, because that's more related. Oh, okay. Uh, so mine would be uh, a rewording of the first oath uh, to. Um, hold on, I got to think about the words because I just realized a problem in my own verbiage. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> See, this is where this gets really yeah. fun. So to never re. Uh, hmm. I can't even say relay because that would imply that if they think they just heard it from somebody else and they could say whatever or if they didn't <laughs> um, uh, huh how do you get around <laughs> the speak and write hmm. well, well well we know the speaking kind of translates over into letters for the Aes Sedai as well right Some, yes. which is weird but that's based purely on perception can. because if they can sit there and be like oh well I'd it's not speaking it's writing then technically around it um hmm to never provide any statement or word that is a known lie and to never be a oh god this is so bad it was sounded so good in my head <laughs> oh my god oh, it's really hard so basically, um, I'm going to just presume under the, the same pretense that the speak no word applies to letters for the Aes Sedai in general, too. I'm going to go with that. So to speak uh, no, uh, no word that is, that is a just to never knowingly speak a word that is a lie or knowingly mislead another. Because I like that type I think, of addition. Yeah. I think that by verbiage and by restriction embodies the original intent behind it while also mm -hmm. actually forcing that to be the intent, um, which is interesting rewording an oath expressly meant for the oath rod whenever I don't believe in the oath rod in the fourth age. So there is that. So, but. well, but again, it's definitely, so, so this is another thing that I, I wanted to touch on real quick, um, which is, do you guys think 
that oaths matter even if they're not on the oath and i'm not just talking about oaths in like generally matter do you think that they actually have anywhere near the gravitas if they're not made magically sealed onto something like an oath rod yes i i i would say that an oath made by someone whom you trust actually has greater gravitas has greater value to me personally if i know that they can break it and choose not to they willingly make the loyal choice to keep that oath to me and that to me is worth worth everything um, so this is actually one of my sorry go ahead josh i i, I, was, I was just gonna say it's it's uh pen gillette uh from the magicians duo pen and teller mm -hmm. he often says that you if you need someone telling you to you know to to enforce your morality if you need someone telling you don't kill people in order for you to not kill people you're not a good person <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you should not want to kill people that good people do not want to kill people <laughs> sure. and so i i really love uh, that sort of thinking well uh, uh, in general generally yeah, yeah, yeah. no i'm just without I'm, without provocation or cause or anything like that i, yes. I actually <laughs> want to i i want to ask a question on that subject real quick because i think that actually does bring up uh just a really interesting thing to think about for people um, and also something that's very telling about the people who answer this question. Uh, in my humble opinion, I actually agree with your statement. I, I very much am, am right there with you, with, with Josh and with Penn, that someone who has yeah, good morality or is a good person or has a morality that is perceived to be sort of that that higher moral standing or good or whatever you want to call it um is a person who does not want to do that kind of thing basically ever and if they are ever tempted with that feeling they still do not do it because of their moral code because they think it's right um however there is an argument by many people and I think that it is a valid one, even if it's not the one that I ascribe to, of is it actually less morally good to have those feelings of, I actually regularly want to steal from people or kill people or, you know, do whatever, and to not act on it because you know that that is morally bad bad that is morally mm. evil that is morally whatever because this is a question that has plagued humanity for a long time well of... and <laughs> yes and the reason you get the plague there is because what is morality exactly is it the lack of desire to kill or oh, the God, lack of desire to the conversation for this topic or yeah <laughs> i know right okay okay so we're gonna respect. get off of that. I'm gonna answer the question. Please do. Yeah. Do it. Um, <laughs> so, and it, and it kind of relates to the, the what you guys were just talking about. But I believe that both have their merits. 
I believe that someone that knows that they do not have the capacity to resist breaking the oaths and therefore chooses to willfully, in full knowledge of the consequences, take the oaths on an instrument that will magically enforce their compliance, I think is incredibly noble. Um, I agree. I, that is like my one caveat to enforce morality that I think has, uh, has real value. Um, but <clears throat> that being said, personally, I'm going to put more value on the individual that takes an oath and shows the value and the grit of that oath by following that oath without it being enforced upon. Uh, nice. Cause that's going to show, uh, to me, that shows conviction that shows strength of character that shows, uh, immense willpower. Um, because nobody's making you do it. And right. whenever you can resist doing something that you really want to do, like uh, imagine somebody that took an oath uh, to never use the one power as a weapon except against blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they're standing on a hilltop. They're not bound by an oath rod. And they still hold it as they watch their friends die. Some people are going to say, well, that's incredibly heartless. But the eyes that died that took the oaths that physically can't don't get the same treatment. So... Because they physically, like, they just cannot actually do it. But the grit and the willpower and the dedication to the institution for those oaths that somebody shows by not being forced into compliance and still complying with those oaths is mind-boggling to me. I really like that answer. Now, now let me ask you a sort of a new question that I think is also very important in the... Take your time on fat and catching my breath. Uh, so one of the things that i've always thought was interesting was sort of thinking about the fourth age and thinking about sort of where the ashamans stand where the black tower stands in uh in the hierarchy of of power dynamics in the world and things that have already been established their sort of newness all of that different things um, are all of those different things, not all that different things, all of those different things. Um, do you, what do you guys think about, what do you guys sort of feel is the best way for the Ashaman to give themselves that legitimacy by making promises to the world about how they will use power because they are very powerful. Anyone who can channel is very powerful. And an organization that can channel is just that much more powerful. Um, I definitely am against an Oathrod because we know at least some of, if not the, you know, the majority of the consequences. Um, but at the same time, each individual sort of being responsible for keeping their own oaths and therefore then punishing themselves when they don't and blah, 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 also seems a little lackluster. So what do you guys feel is sort of, is other Ashiman keeping you honest? Uh, a way to sort of do that where like you don't have to cut off half your life because it's not on an oath rod, but there is still a 
and entity keeping you to those oaths? Do you think it should actually be sort of everyone for themselves and then each person actually shows their true colors by how well they stick to their their specific oaths? Uh, do you think there should be a specific Ashaman who's, or like a specific Aja within the Ashaman kind of thing, a, a specific Gar that actually like does that? Because uh, I feel like personally, I'll just answer this now since I'm still talking. Uh, <laughs> I actually think that, it, you know, a, a la the thing that Jansen was talking about the other day of like the Gars, I think yeah. it would make a lot of sense to instead of making it magically bound uh, by a magical item that there should actually just be a gar there should just be an aja that actually keeps the rest of the ajas honest um and keeps them to their oaths without actually making it so that they have to cut off half their life without making it so that they can't physically break those oaths but that they're still held accountable to it uh what do you guys think is sort of a way to the the best way in your mind to accomplish the same goals as the oath rod without necessarily needing to use it. So I will say what the question you just asked beautifully encompasses Giotto. I think if, if the Black Tower is to succeed in having ultimate credibility, they must cultivate their own version of Giotto that is comprehensible to the Westlands. Now, what does that mean? That means a number of things must happen. That means, so I, I like using the term, um, you know, if someone damages your trust, mm -hmm. you have to catch them um, being honorable. You have to catch mm -hmm. them doing good things to regain your trust. Um, if someone does a bad thing, in order to rebuild that trust, you have to catch them not doing the bad thing or turning away from the bad thing, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So what you Especially have to have- because theater of doing the right thing in front of you does not yes. necessarily mean, yeah, I guess. There's a difference between, you know, look, I'm going through the motions, I'm following the steps and putting on a big front to say, look how honorable I'm being. Um, with the Black Tower, you're gonna have to have a, first and foremost, they're going to have to establish their own sort of sovereignty mm -hmm. or at least carve out their, their position in the world. Yes. Are they a part of Andor? Do they fall under the dragon's peace? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Secondly, they're going to have to get caught being bad and they're going to have to get caught being good because not only do people like it when they look up and they say, oh, look, there's Ashaman of the Black Tower. They're amazing. They're, look how good they're being. They're volunteering at the homeless shelter. They're passing out soup at the soup kitchen. But the other thing is, is what's more- Andrew doing an interpretive dance to your words is amazing. <laughs> Continue. What, what gives more impact is we've caught a criminal. He- did a bad thing how are you going to handle it and this is the most challenging one because this takes supreme wisdom and judgment and 
just from the leadership in the black tower and so the 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 mantle so catching them being good that's everybody mm-hmm. you know andrew and i heard this in the military all the time when you go downtown you don't represent yourself you represent the united states air force yep when you go downtown you don't represent yourself you represent you know the the you know united states armed forces um and you hear it a lot and it's it's really annoying but what they don't understand represent these nuts (laughs) represent these nuts um just borrowing the military as an example are the military uh macadamia yeah we're not gonna get into that sweaty sweaty (laughs) when you get in just borrowing the military as a and and my brother's a marine i am not calling all marines horrible but what i'm saying is when you have a marine division in okinawa that gets ejected because the local government is sick and tired of their bullshit that's a failure on leadership sure that is something the black tower cannot afford Mm -hmm. if they want to earn the trust of the people in the westlands yes and so there's there's those kinds of things. and then the third thing was I forgot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so the thing is is like with with when it comes to this, if they want to if they want to be able to to earn oh, and the third thing is is establishing their place in the world, which they need to do quickly. Mm-hmm. As far as any as far as any you know adherence to an oath goes, I think if the Black Tower ever succumbed to an oath or an oath rod. I think that will be a failing on the leadership of the Black Tower, and they will be them failing to do, to establish and codify some sort of GEOTO. Well, I also, real quick before I let Andrew answer this, because I, I want to hear Andrew's thoughts very, very much, uh, but I actually love the idea of male Aiel <laughs> who can channel coming to the black tower and teaching Giotto. Oh yeah. I really love that idea, especially because again, at this point, the Aiel are now very embedded in the Westlands as police security. Yeah. Security as bringing the law of the land and enforcing the law of the land and things like that so i actually i i loved you bringing up giotto because i i very much appreciate that in the story there are aiel who do bad things there are 100 percent. but overall the aiel are a really good example of actually seeing bad apples whereas the bushel is good versus people just using that phrase because it's easier to say that there are bad apples in the bushel when holy fuck the whole bushel needs some goddamn work like yes so andrew what do you think sort of how is how does the the black tower establish some legitimacy with oaths without necessarily needing the oath uh, well, apparently it starts off by messing with one of their earbuds. Um, <laughs> and now, as per the course, I can't really hear out the left earbud. I'll fix it next chance I get to mute the microphone because I have to blow into it. Anyway. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> honestly, I, th- I think the Black Tower 
is a key to a lot of stuff about the perception of of Chandler's changing. I think it is mm-hmm. the key. It was, male Chandlers were the key to breaking that trust um, or the, the culprits, rather. I think that the restoration of faith in male Chandlers will aid in and lead to the ultimate re- restoration of trust in Chandlers, period. Um, but I, th- I think... Uh, to the point of the, the IEL having uh, sending their male channelers to the Black Tower, I think that will have an incredible uh, effect because I think that will bring Giotto naturally into the Black Tower. And I don't know how many people know this. I don't know how much it's still taught. Um, but for the American Revolution, U.S. troops under Washington were losing horribly. The, the main criticisms were a lack of order, lack of discipline, lack of a chain of command, lack of all this stuff. Um, and then I should remember the guy's name. I cannot, Josh, you might, the French guy that wrote the blue book. Do you remember his name at all? Oh, I got to find it now. Um, who wrote the blue book? Kelly. Fre- Frederick ah. Wilhelm von Steuben. And I said he was French. Was he French? Oh, he's von Prussian. Steuben. Sorry, he was yeah, Prussian. I was going to say, Von Steuben doesn't sound French. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm reading his name. I don't know why I asked the question because I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Von Steuben from France. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was a Prussian officer who showed up in America and, and believed in the cause of the American Revolution, partially through a hatred of the British Empire, partially because he was like, I'm Von Steuben, I guess. I don't know. Um, but he wrote the blue book, the first official drill and ceremonies uh, manual for the United States armed forces. And this is what Washington approved and disseminated amongst the troops for his officers to use and his trainers to use to train up a regular militia to be an effective militia. But it was this assimilation of, of Prussian tactics and Prussian customs and courtesies that that said about this discipline and i think the same thing is going to happen in the black tower i think they're going to have the iel von steuben uh come in <laughs> and help them write you know i don't know the black book von or whatever yeah no <laughs> no no no, no. Um, we don't do that here yeah <laughs> um but i think uh they'll come in and the black tower will have to or will wind up adopting some degree of of Giotto, but and my apologies, he was actually initially German. He was born in Germany. Von, Von Steuben was born sense. in Germany. Yeah. Uh, well, and crazy thing, he died in Steuben, New York. I wonder what it was named <laughs> after. Um, it's crazy. Anyway, uh, enough of American history. This is Black Tower Future. Um, I think you mean. Uh, possible american history because or american future actually or american future there we go who knows okay. <laughs> the farm actually turns out to be in rural arkansas <laughs> um but the first thing that the black tower has kansas. to overcome yeah. <laughs> pronounced our kansas you edgy. <laughs> thank you team forestar for that wonderful quote uh but the first thing that the black tower has to overcome is the Male channelers go insane. Male channelers go mad. Male channelers destroy the world. Mm-hmm. And it's such a monumental task to overcome that accuracy from history, that stereotype from history, 
that if they can do it, I think it will come with such an intrinsic amount of trust that as long as they hold to some code of honor, some code of oaths, that they won't need anything like the oath ride to convince the world that they can be trusted. Uh, I think they will be remembered as the, the most loyal to the Dragon Reborn, the people that fought so, you know, amongst the hardest uh, to keep things going. There's going to be tales of how effective they were in the last battle and how after the last battle, you know, the Black Tower veterans aren't turning entire cities into glass. You know, no one is showing up of good intent and just, you know, flattening, you know, Camelin or, or anything right. like that. Um, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And then once it happens after, you know, a couple, uh, a couple decades, probably to, to get rid of the stereotype, it's going to translate over uh, to an increased amount of trust for all Chandlers, I believe. So the world will be able to, to trust and rely on the Aes Sedai. And I think the Sherem talks about the need for the oaths and the oath ride and that the need wasn't, you know, oh, we had so many sisters that were just going out and doing horrible stuff that we had to force them to do it. It was the world yeah. didn't trust us. And this was the mm -hmm. only way we could get them to kind of trust us. And even then, it's still just a kind of trust you. So I don't think the Aes Sedai want the oath rod in general ever. Now, it'll take much longer to get rid of that because that's been tradition for 3,000 years. And the hardest thing to break of a culture is tradition. But I think if you can, if the, if the Ashraman of the Black Tower can show the White Tower that you can be a Chandler and you can be trusted and you can not have to you know, go with the oath rod to do it, that the White Tower will naturally drop the oath rod too. And I think that comes together as, as both the Black and the White Towers coalesce, um, ultimately. You know, but yeah, if they can overcome the stigma of male Chandlers going insane and being, you know, murderous, mad, raving psychopaths, uh, I think that's a pretty good mark in the we can trust these guys, you know, column. It, well, and just real quick thought, who's already at the black tower teaching how to fight without any weapons with hands and feet yeah who's already there the aiel which means they are going to be having a bottom-up giotto influence on soldiers and as the soldiers move up to dedicated and they start learning weaves and they start working with you know more specific weaves and more complicated weaves and with the sword, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, like there's there's going to be a lot of Aiel integration because the Aiel, as we know, do not fuck around with their training. No. If I tell you to do this, you fucking do it. Yep. And if you don't, and that's one of the reasons why Egwene is such a badass. She was trained by the Aiel. It wasn't the White Tower necessarily that gave her some of her backbone. She's got backbone oh, from Emmons Field. She's got backbone from the White Tower, but a huge oh. portion of her backbone and her ability to say, we're doing it my way, bitches, is because of her training with the wise ones. Yes, I, I don't want to take any of that away, but I do also want to throw out there, a lot of her backbone also actually comes from not being broken by the Sean Chan. So I think between the wise ones and the Sean Chan, that's really, Egwene is yes. a lot of backbone. 
and deserved forged a lot of deserved backbone um so actually here's here's something i i now want to because i i think that andrew brought up a lot of really good points um one of them that i actually want to to touch on for just a moment is obviously there are are two major things about this that are a little wonky which is number one how do you ever how, how do you predict the future you you can't really so you can't necessarily with cards make daniel with cards right in a crystal bowl <laughs> uh so you can't necessarily make oaths that stop all bad things from happening in the future because you can just have everyone declare oaths on an oath rod that stops them from doing the possible bad things. But I, I want sort of your guys' take on, ugh, I just said a horrible phrase that I don't like. I would like your thoughts, the two of you's thoughts. You guys. <laughs> no not that uh i would like your thoughts on do you think because they were insane and there was a you know backlash on sidine and things like that that the male channelers out of the age of legends would have been able to break the world if they had declared an oath on an oath rod that they wouldn't do such a thing does that make sense like if there was a if they all took the three oaths at the as they are now and then went ahead and also took a fourth oath that was you know well i'll never break the world do you think they would have been physically capable of doing it given what was happening with Saidi. No, I'm uh, going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Um, Because if you've ever been privy to, been blessed slash cursed by any of these reports into the minds of of the mentally deranged, um, and I'm going to, I expressly mean mentally deranged, not mentally ill, yeah, like like (laughs) homeland. the mentally deranged um yes. it is a terrifying place mm-hmm. because the way their brain fires uh when they are when again when they are deranged um makes no sense to us or is obviously abhorrent to us but yeah. to that individual's mind Everything makes sense. Everything is clear as crystal. It makes perfect sense. I don't want anybody to take my cookies, so I must turn Natrum's burrow into glass. It makes perfect sense to them. Um, and not so much to us. So in that circumstance, when Which is one whenever of the reasons that it's so sad. Yeah. Um, but to take an oath to say I will not break the world means. Uh, that you will not make the world worse. You will not destroy something that is good with the world. So if you earnestly believe in your mad train of thought that rising a mountain where an ocean used to be or a sea used to be, turning an entire city into glass. I mean, you know, this is this is somebody that thinks along the lines of uh, a kind of Sodom and Gomorrah-esque, uh, to pull a biblical reference, kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. 
to nuke an entire city off the face of the math and turn the glass. And this isn't something that's far from human reality. Um, not the current ruler, I believe, of Syria, but his father turned cities into glass, literally. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is something that actually happens. And yep. a lot of these individuals really believe, and I believe with the break in the world, that the male members of the, the hundred companions and their their descendants or, or followers on after that went more and more insane. Mm-hmm. I think they really believe that they were still fighting for the light, that they were still doing what was good and necessary. So in their mind, they weren't breaking the world. So I don't think the addition of that fourth oath, even enforced by an oath rod, would have made uh, to use a phrase from the south a lick of difference. <laughs> fair enough i, I like would that. i would agree and for the same reason but also uh for the very real purpose of the wording would have to be much different i will never break the world or i will never contribute to the breaking of the world where how do we how would we define that because if i if i go over here and i make a dragon mount that's not breaking the world. That's just this one little patch of ground over here. Fair enough. Um, if I, if I, you know, channel everything I can into this random spot in a field and if a lake pops up, well, it wasn't me. I wasn't breaking the world. I was killing a merdral that was there. Mm. And then everybody in the village is going, there was no merdral here, jerk. <laughs> No, I saw him. He was a murderer. He was there. I seen it with my good eye. <laughs> with, All right, Nuno. Chill hand. out. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if Uno was a channeler? See, the thing about Uno is both of his eyes are good, but both of them being as incredible as they were was too much power for mortal man, so he had to remove <laughs> one to even be, give any the shadow a fair chance. Because he is a fair. That warrior. was the governor, the, the the lights governor, to make sure that was that was that also what Matt had to do. I'm or pretty sure Uno's. I'm pretty sure Uno didn't have his deceased daughter chained up in a closet. Spoilers oh, for The Walking Dead. Oh, oh, that that season's been out forever and a day. Like, come on. Yikes! I <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm kind of sitting here going, would there be an oath that would be difficult for the black tower to resist and i believe that there is okay i believe that there is one oath that that the black tower would find very very difficult to resist and that is to swear on the oath rod that you will uh, adhere to and uphold the dragon's peace. Now, sure. that kind of legitimacy, because first off, nobody's going to agree to that without I need a little something, something. And now, if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to swear every soldier on the oath rod that I will uphold the dragon's peace. Maybe that gives us a little bit of leniency and it gives us a little bit of leeway and we can have some measure of sovereignty. And I feel like in that case, it would be a very, very tough 
choice for Black Tower leadership to to, 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 to wrestle with. So now that I've stated that, what's wrong with that oath? Go. I, I have one, one question about that oath. Um, what about Sara? Because they're not party to the dragon's beats. They're not bound no, by the we dragon. Can, we can massacre them with that oath. That's fine. I mean... When the resolution is, is is absolute desolation of the offend of the potentially offending country, that's fine. I, I guess we can absolutely rolling ring of earth and fire that entire country. I mean, rolling ring so, of so earth there comes the thing like ring of earth and fire. <laughs> so there comes the thing like uh, so this this is an honest question. Do the do hmm? the IL heavily punish outsiders for? erroneously offending tradition, custom, and law in the IEL, in the IEL waste. Sometimes. Does it just like depend on severity? I, well, it, it depends on, well, first off, it depends on if the IEL is having a bad day or not. I mean, let's be honest, right? Sure. Um, it's like getting pulled over by a police officer for speeding. Did you get officer, hey man, it's cool, you were speeding, here's your ticket, take care of it. Or did you get officer? Why are you in a hurry, boy? Huh? Boy, is what you, never what you gotta get to? What you gotta get to? Out of an authority. Why, why are you driving unsafe on these streets? Hey, editing Andrew, remember to bleep that out for no actual reason. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. That's, well, I said for no I've actual reason. I'm going to make you sound so bad in the recording. Only, the, only Jamie's going to know how innocent you actually me. are. Anyway, I mean, so like the, I guess the question is like, uh, because as much uh, to pull from to pull from our world, as much as countries that are signed on to as parties of things like the Geneva Convention or uh, the barment of certain munitions used in war, and other countries that have refused them. Um, because, uh, for example, most countries in the United Nations have agreed to ban uh, cluster bombs and fuel air explosives and thermobaric weapons. Um, two separate things. Cluster munitions, thermobaric weapons. Uh, Russia never signed on to the, the barment of cluster munitions and thermobaric weapons. The United States never signed on to the barment on cluster munitions. In fact, we use them religiously in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, well, no, we didn't. That's a lie. That is a lie. Um, so maybe the first trip into Iraq we did. I don't right, know. right. Um, because of that, because uh, so with that, the United States doesn't have a foot to stand on to condemn Russia's use of cluster bombs, other than the potential targets. Right? You know, if you're expressly targeting civilian areas. That's obviously against the Geneva Convention. Blah 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 blah. Sure. So, if Sara was never invited to be a member of the Dragon's Peace, because they weren't, then how can they actually be condemned for not following the Dragon's Peace? Because if I was the leader of Sara, whoever the hell that is now, uh, my first thing would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you guys never even offered an olive branch. Ten orders go. Because it's going to be a massive bloody war. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, the, the big the big question there is, is going to be the same thing. Like, 
why would the blackout um, a very at the turn at the time we're moving into the fourth age a very militant faction uh, of forces in the westland very militarized very weaponized very destruction shock and all blood and gore oriented um sounds familiar um why would they agree to follow an agreement that in that by design and, and by nature leaves somebody else free of that agreement whenever it includes everybody else in the world. I could see the Black Tower being stubborn, digging their heels in and saying, we'll agree once they agree. Well, so well, I we'll think agree this, if we get sovereignty. I actually really like, uh, he who comes with the wine on our Discord actually just mentioned something that I actually really appreciate. In the story, it's not that they don't know that Shara exists. That's, that's absolutely not a thing. They know ethereally and theoretically that Shara exists, but they're extremely isolationist. And so they're not asked to be in the dragon's peace because nobody really thinks to include them rather than there's any good reason that they're not included. Then they show up on the battlefield for the enemy they absolutely do because in a lot of ways we as the audience at least know that they are hard tricked into believing things that are not true um now granted there is definitely going to be a certain amount of animosity against those people who showed up as your enemies on the battlefield 100 if you don't believe that that's true you don't understand how war works <laughs> however it is also true that there are people who are part of the fight and people who are part of the world and people who are are part of everything that's going on like the gray aja in the white tower who that's their whole thing their whole thing is treaties their whole thing is peace their whole thing is diplomacy so now that you actually know that sharons exist and you can do something about it i really have a strong feeling that it would not be let's go to shara and just shock and awe and devastate shara well, I think that they would be offered terms into the dragon's piece. And granted, I think that it would be a hard road to hoe because the Sharans don't have the same experience as everybody in the Waste and in the Westlands. But at the same time, I think that they would get offered a place in the dragon's peace it would just be a question of how well can you actually communicate what the dragon's peace is and why it's important to people who aren't necessarily dealing with everything that was being dealt with as the dragon's peace was being made andrew what's up i have a question that has absolutely nothing to do with topic um okay the phrase you used a hard road to hope uh-huh is that in reference to the actual construction of the road, or is that like a it's hard being a hoe on this road? Like nobody stops, nobody pays. 
I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know the etymology of that well enough to answer that question. Uh, I am pretty sure that it has more to do with the actual making of the road, but I don't know well enough to actually say one or the other. I, th- I think you're right, but uh, I'm going to be quiet and uh, I'm actually going to go look it up because I'm incredibly curious because I <laughs> the, love so, that phrase. So the term is actually a hard row to is it? hoe. Okay. And it's, so it's, it's about farming. farming. It's farming okay. and agricultural. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's lots of rocks and lots of hard patches and stuff. Oh, it's I actually mean, a Merriam-Webster. It's actually way harder to hoe on a farm than it is to hoe <laughs> in a city. <laughs> in a city. Ironically, <laughs> it's harder to hoe on a farm than it is in a city. Uh, um, no, so I, I love I, this I, sentence from grammarbook.com. A hard road to hoe almost seems acceptable, but it falls apart upon closer inspection. Who's inspecting for it? Well, somebody actually. I asked the question. Sorry. Anyway, go on. <laughs> You're the one who asked the question, Mr. Inspector. Misa Monsieur Inspector. But I wasn't inspecting uh, the phrase. I was just curious. And yes, indeed. I was just like, no, hmm. it was a good question. I like that. It wasn't a legitimate question. I was definitely trying to be funny, but uh, I'm going to so, cut that out so people don't think I tried to be funny. Question, though. Like, I... <laughs> so I will say this: um, as far as as far as oaths going into the fourth age, I really think, um, you know, my my final thoughts on this. I, I honestly don't know. I think it'll take time for the White Tower to look at modifying the oaths. I really do. I don't think Cad Swain is the one to do it. She's not. She is, yes, she's uh, she's very staunch in Aes Sedai tradition. She's very staunch in White Tower tradition. Now, yes, she's quote unquote unconventional, but that's just because she's smart and she know, she can recognize when traditions are you know, beneficial and when they're not. And she's very, very good at utilizing them when they're beneficial and when they're not. And for the Black Tower, the one oath that I can legitimately see them seriously considering is the oath that would bind them to the dragon's peace. And even then, I think that would only be something that they would even consider if they were given a measure of sovereignty in the process. Um, so fourth age oaths, yeah, that's a good, I think, I think it'd be towards the end of the age before you'd have any movement, uh, you know, halfway through the age when you have any kind of discussion or debate in the White Tower, end of the fourth age before you'd have any movement on that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I feel like I feel like you've got Cad Swain. You know, as much as I love her, um, I think she's going to be undoing a lot of progress that that Swain makes for the White Tower. So well, things get worse. That's my final better. thoughts on that. How, and uh, yeah. how long do you foresee the Fourth Age lasting? Just a really quick question for you. If you put it in time scale. God, that's a real good question because. Yeah, I have no idea. That um, is a fair answer. I'd say bare minimum of about 3,000 years, though, because that's about what the Third Age was. Um, 
the bare minimum fifteen hundred years before the White Tower even starts their their conversation. Maybe time is not only a wheel, but it is also cyclical, so that you have patterns of age transition. I don't know. Spitball in here. That's rude. Uh, that is uncouth for public discourse. All right, don't spitball people. <laughs> We've been over this. Uh, Daniel, what are your final thoughts? I don't want to make you go last this time like I did last time. No worries. Um, yeah, my final thoughts on this are... Oh, they're hard, dude. They're really hard. <laughs> they're super difficult to go ahead and figure out because as we well know, I mean, I, honest to God, hand of truth, think that our tax law started very intentional to be good and to to do the right thing and to help people who needed help and to have people who could pay their fair share and have good reasons for you know tax breaks and good reasons for you know not uh for for not allowing for certain tax breaks and things like that and now we're looking at it less than 500 years later and it's a mess as <laughs> an absolute mess. Um, and so again, the fact that the three oaths in the wheel of time that are at least a thousand to 1500 years old, uh, are all kinds of messed up at this point, uh, because people have just communicated with each other about how to get around them. Um, trying to go ahead and make new ones trying to have people follow old ones having people follow new ones all of that different stuff is it's real hard it's real hard uh and i definitely am of the opinion as we've talked about before as i know that you guys definitely are to a certain degree othrod not the answer it has too many drawbacks it has too many bad stuffs um but how you go ahead and actually keep people honest in a world where some people don't want to be honest and some people don't know what honest is and some people like using their power to get around honesty is all rough it is and so i I really like the idea and hope springs eternal that the black tower does it better in this age than, you know, the white tower did in the last one and that they teach other people how to do it better. And they teach everybody the, the best way to go forward. Um, but who knows? Who knows? And I feel like oaths are absolutely a way to go, but they are so problematic on their own as well. So I don't know. This is a this is a wonderful philosophical discussion, and I absolutely love talking to you guys about stuff like this. I, there's obviously not an answer, but you know, it's still a fun conversation. So I'm glad that you guys had it with me, and I uh, definitely hope to have more of these in the future. That's my final thoughts. Love it. <laughs> Love it. 
All right, Andrew, take us home. Country road. Cannot hear you. Take me home. Thou art muted. Country roads to the place I belong. Black Tower. <laughs> Dragging my out. <laughs> Take me home. So Andrew's All mic decided it hates him. Andrew's having so much fun with electronics in his home, <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> Fuck this mind. <laughs> Big sound. You don't need it anyway. <laughs> Did you did you do the thing, Andrew, where you tried to fix it? You tried to adjust it and it broke it as you prophetically announced earlier in the show. <laughs> the files are inside the computer. Inside the computer? Tippy tippy tap tap tippy tap. Do you need to stop the recording and come back in and then start the recording again? Is it something <laughs> with your stream deck? Is it something with can do you have a different mic that you can just wrap it up with? <laughs> Fixed it. Okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> Yay! So I can, it probably sounds way worse. Let me change it in Discord. Uh, sounds worse good to me. is a strong word, but it definitely doesn't sound as clear or loud. Yeah, that's because I'm using the my uh, earbud microphone ah. now. Uh, because I deleted one thing off of sh uh, the stream deck. And apparently that was a little more important than I thought it was. <laughs> because the toggle mute unmute button wasn't working. Hold on. Let me switch back and see if this shit works. Now I'm going to be mad as a motherfucker. It looks like it works now. Oh my hey. God. That's so I deleted, I deleted the button that allowed me to mute and unmute in the stream deck. Okay. And it was muted. So it stayed muted. Mm. Yep. So uh kudos and fuck you, Stream Deck. I mean, thank you, but also fuck you. That's right. Because that's a change. So All right. Because I panic changed like half the shit on my computer. Okay, never mind. All right. Uh final thoughts. I can cut all that out. Luckily, I know the editor, he'll do it probably. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh final thoughts on ye old uh oaths and shit. Um, I'm so mad because I, I, you guys have prompted some some actual thoughts for me, and now I'm just sitting here like, 
Um, do you remember thing? Uh, they're gonna have to to do the thing to make the thing for the thing. Yeah, I got blue balled by my own microphone. I thought I was making things better, and I made things worse because I was like watching my my voice thing pop up when I coughed, and I was trying to keep all that out. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of what I said about the Black Tower equates to my final thoughts about the oaths. Uh, I think the Black Tower is. Uh, the key, I think if male Chandlers can restore the faith uh, amongst third world or, or not third world, what the fuck? Uh, fourth age humanity, um, that it'll come intrinsically with so much trust that it'll lead to the oaths not being necessary uh, in, as far as like an oath rod to bind them all. I think it'll be more just like, you know, hey, these are our operating procedures. It'll be SOPs, you know, kind of stuff of you know, rules of engagement, that kind of stuff. Uh, as you guys spoke in regards to my question about Sara, I, I more and more agreed with both of you uh, that they would just kind of naturally probably enter the fold, especially in the heavily weakened state they are, uh, thanks to Bayo the Wild. JK, that's Damadred. Um, Demand Dread. Yeah. <laughs> Damn man Dread. <laughs> um, but Jeff said, I, I, I think that by the time we reach 75% to maybe the end of the fourth, well, I'm going to say 50 to 75%, uh, the O's are no longer needed. And I go with that because I still maintain that by the end of the fourth age, the world is absolutely destroyed, bombed back to the Stone Age. But there it is. There's that. Boom. Baby. There it is. All that's, right. That's it. That's it. And that's it. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, hanging out with us uh, and your and your your wonderful behavior while receiving uh, this week's dose of taint. Uh, and there is a new thing for you. You know who you are. Yeah, Cody. Um, <laughs> fucking Cody. Uh, so for our patrons, Man, those of you that uh, joined us tonight might have noticed, and I'm, I'm going to work and we're going to work to make it better. We're going to try to incorporate uh, video for our live viewer patrons. Um, I'm still working some stuff out, trying to figure out how I can do it better. If you have suggestions, by all means, feel free to leave them. So if you're not already a patron, blacktarpod.com, check it out, become a patron. We're trying to do fun stuff here and you can help us do that. So yes. I'm pretty excited about it. It's the first time we've actually had video up and nobody's sitting there and be like, I can hear all three of you 67 times. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, well, great. But yeah, as we're, we're going to go ahead and hop out of here. Let us know what you think. What oaths do you think are coming in the fourth age? Do you think the Black Tower will assume some form of oath ride? How soon? Or do you think the white tower will give up the oath rod basically what do you think is going to happen into the fourth age other what than you know, a nuclear on? winter we all know that that's going to happen because you all agree with me obviously uh, uh, on everything implicitly. on absolutely everything uh and if you don't well in the famous words of weekly news you're a dark friend so uh, we're going to go ahead I say, hey, what's going on? All right. 
So we're going to go ahead and end this episode here. Third episode of season four. I think was fantastic as always. I love you guys. Thanks for showing your support and listening. I have been your Bajan Mahal for once being the one, well, not once being the most recent one with audio issues. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I have been your Sorvan Mahal, Josh. And I have been your Amin Khan Mahal Daniel, and I'm with the having English issues, issues huh? with English. English <laughs> EXE has Sometimes shut Sometimes we trade. Indeed. But from all of us here at the Black Tower, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all. We hope to see you again next week. Uh, and in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, I gotta click the button. In the shadow, always watching, always running the show.